I'm the other white man. Chef Rock! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Woo. Good morning. Good morning, sir. And good morning, everyone out there. I'm Chef Rock. I'm Chris the Common Man. Yeah. Good morning, San Diego. Yeah, right. You're listening to the Chef Rock and Friends show on ESPN 1700. Hey, if you want to watch us, you can go to, uh, we're doing something new today, Facebook.com slash Chef Rock Hawaii. And awesome. watch us. That's live, right? That's live. Awesome, man. And also on ESPN 1700, you can listen to us live if you're in your car or you just want to listen to us because you don't want to look at us. <laughs> you might want to listen that's to us. That's why we're here. Because my wife says, get out of the house for an hour. Yeah, but that's not just on Sunday in my house. No. <laughs> Wait, what do you mean we got to do a seven-day-a-week show? seven-day-a-week show. Hey, have you tried the tea? I, I, I just got it, man. It smells good, man. Oh, well, like- you know, last uh, week we did the white pomegranate granite the uh the bamboo by white lion right this week i picked cinnamon chai i know it smells like cinnamon oak milk you know when you were oh, a kid you eat yeah that that's right oak milk. it's so delicious man mm. i like it it's got such a nice uh, flavor because it's all natural you know it's a hand-picked uh, collection of leaves. yeah i'm surprised i like all natural I'm, yeah I'm, I'm what you call a processed kind of guy yeah but yeah you know what though you're looking good Thank you. You're looking I, good I, for I, radio. I feel good today. No. Hey, we're both- we <laughs> Why both, you lie to me then? No, because I'm, I'm your friend. You uh, so you're honest. <laughs> I'm honest. Hey, I, no, I appreciate both, your we're honesty. We're both trying to lose, right? No, absolutely. Both trying I'm, to I'm lose actively working out every day now, trying That's to good. get in shape. That's good. Well, we got a jam-packed show today. Awesome. Let me tell you what we got going on, you know? Uh, first uh, guest will be, are you ready for this? Mike Zacchino- Sells casings, you know, the outside of the sausages uh, and hot yeah, dogs. Yeah, talk to you about it. Really cool. We created a segment called The Innered Moment with Mike, <laughs> the casing guy. Yeah. So we're going to introduce you to him um, after I cook and talk about uh, his incredible career as selling casings around yeah. the world. Really I'm cool in, stuff. I'm impressed with that. When you talked about it last week, I was impressed. I never had a casing interview before. Uh, you know what? And he's going to be on every week awesome. with a different story because this guy's traveled all over the world okay. and, he's, and he's a friend of mine and he's just incredible. I mean, he has a story for everything, but it all relates to casings and sausages. And sort of like, like you. Sort of like me. Yeah, <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> Slap in the face. No, that's having the face. No, you got a story for everything, man. That's right. And I then live vicariously through you. Bro. I know. Well, no, thanks. Yeah. We like to travel, you know? So, our, and our guest after that is a screenwriter, Skip Berry. Okay. He's uh, going to talk about uh, a couple of his new projects. He's written 15 books. Uh, you know, the guy's incredible. I was always uh, curious because when you watch a show, uh, or a movie or whatever, and the screenwriter is the guy who actually is telling the story. Yeah, it's his story. It's his vision. So we're going to learn why he became a screenwriter and what what he's up to and all that fun stuff. Then we got a celebrity chef on, our first celebrity chef, Matt Antonovich. Awesome. Or as we call him, Anti, you know? Yeah. Antovich. Antovich? Uh, well, what you know what? Him? If you're in Europe, it's Antonovich. Antonovich. Okay. This guy's cooked for five presidents. U.S. Wow presidents his restaurants around the world i mean this guy's incredible and he's also an old friend of mine we played football together. you don't cook, does he cook for the current president 
No, 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 no. No, he doesn't work at Kentucky Fried Chicken. <laughs> or McDonald's, those kind of places. That Because that's what I heard he liked Secret Service, I did not say that. Hey, no, you know what's funny is I have no problem with that. I have no problem with that. But we're going to be uh, having some fun today. And I'm going to cook. I'm going to do a seared ahi over mm-hmm. somen noodles. Awesome. You ever have somen noodles? I've never had ahi. Wow, today's your, your lucky day. Today's a day where you're going to get both. Wow. And wow. the somen noodles are brown, made from brown rice. Okay. So they're healthy for you. And it's a, it's a very healthy dish. I like noodles. Though. So we're going to have some fun today. And we picked um, like 80s kind of top 40 type music. Gotcha. In the 80s. I hear you, man. Was that good? That's good, man. Next I, week you're picking the music. Because every time I say what I pick, you, you gave me that look. No, nah, man, it's all good, man. I've been, let me just say this to you. I've been working out and I've been bumping, you know, Carly B. So. Oh, well, that's so, okay, so too. I'm, in, I'm into But a we little got a little Michael female, Jackson. I'm in a little female rap, you know what I'm saying? So Carly B is really nice. I'm just <laughs> even, I'm telling you right hey, now. So I even threw a little ACDC in there, too. Well, let's see. Okay, well. <laughs> <laughs> you're yeah, not into I'll, that? I'll, I'll see what, I'll get, I'll get excited by that. I'll see what happens. Oh, wow. And then we're going to, you know, today we can't, you know, forget our sponsors, you know, Panati right. to go in 7-Eleven. I, I got a story okay. uh, with 7-Eleven uh, after uh, Bunge was on and Victor. Yeah. They went and they sold like like 22 of those things in, in a couple days. Wow. That's at their Grape in India store because that's, I mean, it's like a grocery store See, that place. We, we have the power. We're the message. You know what? The it message. works. Absolutely. It works. And we have our White Lion tea. And I'm going to have another sip of this. Yeah, it's delicious, man. I just tried it. Mm. It's delicious, man. Cinnamon chai. Back to my youth when that oatmeal. That's all we could afford was oatmeal. So. The oatmeal? Oatmeal. Cinnamon oatmeal. That was, that so was, did you drink like the juice? That was your tea? We, we ate it all, brother. You got it all going we on? We ate it all. Well, you know what? We're going to take a little break. When we come on back, I'm going to cook. Let's do it, Let's man. do it, baby. I'm excited. All right. See you in a minute. Chrissy, are you ready to eat, baby? I am ready, man. I'm I'm a, I'm I like to try some music, too, by the way. I'm going to do you've never had before. Okay. I haven't. First thing you got to do is start off with some beautiful ahi. Check this out, Tom. I'm going to make like a, a little, it's like a dry rub. So I'm going to just put it right here so we can see it all. It's just kind of a coating for the seared ahi. So I have some toasted sesame seeds, a little bit of wasabi. Put that right in. A lot of black pepper. A lot of black pepper. That's just the coating you're making right now? Just the coating for the ahi. A little bit of salt. Not a, not a lot. So I'm going to mix this all up. And then what I want to do is I want to get my beautiful piece of ahi and I cut it into like a brick. You get my little coating here. You kind of coat it up all four sides. Mmm. That's cool. I have my turbo pot pan. Remember when we talked about turbo pot? It's got the heat sink on the bottom, yeah. captures all the gas, so it runs in there. It heats up this pan really fast. This is our saute pan with our little coating in here. Awesome. And this is a nonstick coating. I can feel the heat coming off this pan, and it's that hot that fast. I'm going to put a little oil in here. I like to heat the pan up, then put the oil in. And I want to get that really, really hot because I'm going to sear. Okay. And when That's you what sear, searing means, to make sear. it really hot? Re- yeah, well, searing means you want to cook something really hot and fast okay. because you want to caramelize the bottom, not soak it and let it cook slow. So I, I got gotcha. my beautiful piece. I'm going to put that in here. And we're only going to go about 30 seconds 
Then it's done. Real quick. Well, with with uh, with ahi, Chris, it's almost like raw. So you might—I don't know—you're gonna like that. Oh, I'm gonna have to pass on that, brother. You just putting the. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not cooking. This isn't tuna fish. So I'm just gonna <laughs> on the sides. It's almost like sashimi, brother. So, gotcha, gotcha. so I have I have my oil in here and all my oh, goodies. So, so that's done. No, the, the fish is done, babe. Oh. I'm gonna go with some garlic. I'm gonna make my soma noodles in here. I got my fresh garlic, some shredded carrot, red pepper. I'm gonna go with some jalapenos. Yeah, put those right in. Don't be shy. Don't be shy. And then I have my shredded cabbage, a little kale mixture, and I'm gonna mix this around. Now this is a really hard coating in these turbo pots. Okay. You know we have all sizes. Yeah. Uh, this one's the uh, 14 inch, and this one is a 10 inch saute pan. Uh, you can get one of each. You know we got all the the pots, saucepans, everything you need. Use so, a particular one for t different types of food, or no? Yeah, yeah, like the big pot that we have. Yeah. You know that you know they they go by quart size. So that's that's a searing pan, right there. This is for sautéing. So yeah. Sautéing. Awesome. Sautéing really yeah. quick. So you see the vegetables, I like to keep them a little crisp. Right. And then I have, these are somen noodles. These are made with brown rice. Oh, okay. Very healthy okay. for you. I just blanch them off, basically cook them off just like you would pasta. And I'm going to put these in the pan. And I'm just heating them up. So they're already cooked. Okay. I'm going to give them... When you get a saute pan, you want something with a slope on it. You, want, you don't want straight sides. Okay. Because oh, then so when you, you flip, you can't flip. Gotcha. Because it's going to go straight completely. up. This, as you can see, adds some nice color to the dish. And it also adds some nice flavor with those nice vegetables. I'm going to finish it off with a little bit of sesame seed oil. Just a little. Gives it that nice little bite. That sesame seed bite, right. you know, which I like. I'm actually watching it live like right there You're on watching? Facebook for you. A little bit of soy good. at the end. And I like to put a little bit of the black pepper in here too. Go with light on the soy. Soy has a lot of salt in it. If you notice, I don't put any salt in this part of the dish. Okay. So, nice and done. Well, that smells good. Yeah, now this is a great dish right here. Oh, even looks good. That even so looks I'm gonna good. I'll have some push of that this for right sure. here. I'm going to put this right here. Let me turn this off. And if you see the, oops, sorry. Make a mess here. I'm going to clean my plate up because all my chefy friends will all be going, that plate looks dirty. So we just kind of push all the pasta into the middle. Now I have my ahi tuna. And then, Tom, you want to, since I just seared it, see how beautiful it is in the middle? Oh, yeah. Beautiful slices. Beautiful ahi. Now, if I was in Hawaii, I mean, this would have been swimming yesterday. <laughs> right? This puppy would have been coming right out of the water. I think it's like it's still swimming right now. Yeah, Tommy. <laughs> you got a nice shot of that. How pretty. And then, at the end, I like to hit it with a little fresh cilantro. Man, that looks good. Now, I'm going to say that's a pretty looking plate. Now it's, now it's looking good. Not too much cilantro. I like a little green onion, too. And I, I, I add the onion at the end because I just want to uh, have that full bite of that onion. 
And that's a nice, easy dish that you can make with ahi. Right. We come back, we're going to talk about casings and sausage. <laughs> I yeah. Like I like you, brother. Woo! All right. Is that your wake-up call? Somebody getting out of bed here? <laughs> we in commercial break? We're commercial break. Oh, good. Okay. Post with man, it's good. Get you no, rocking. Get you rocking. That's good. I like, I like it. it. I like it. So, what do you think of this dish? Man, look, that dish? it looks that good. good it looks really good, man. I'll be honest with you, man. See how fast and easy that was? Yeah, that's nice, man. I like that. I like that. We have uh, Mike on the line yet? All right. Well, you know, this next guest is one of our new sponsors. He's going to be a regular on every week. Okay. Mike Zucchino, otherwise known as Mike the Casing Man. Casey, man. Awesome. Yeah, let's bring him on, because this guy is unbelievable. He actually sells casings around the world. Casings, the outside of a hot dog. I know. You told me that. I couldn't believe it, man. It I was, know. Yeah. I know. Mike, are you on? I'm on. It's a much bigger industry than people think. Our company alone, we do $500 million a year in sales just in natural casings. Wow. And that doesn't include the collagen and the cellulose and the plastic casings. The, pe- um, the people take you for granted, Mike, because they think that's kind of this part of the. They, I think they don't understand that in the food business, that's such a crucial element to making sausages and salamis and. You know, oh yeah, everything. Um, and it, it's very cultural. It's very different all around the country. You know, there's the sausage triangle in Texas, which goes from Houston to Dallas to San Antonio back to Houston, and inside that triangle. Per capita, there's more sausage factories than anywhere else in the world. The 10 freeway runs through that triangle. North of the 10 was settled by the Germans. South of the 10 was settled by the Czechs, like the Czechoslovakians. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you go to, like, uh, Maltoon, Texas, or you go to uh, Fayetteville or Shiner, where they make the beer. Mm-hmm. That's all um, Czech. And you go to Fredericksburg or New Bronzeville, that is German. And it's very interesting. They still keep their traditions. Uh, the Czechs make these little buns called kaloshkis, which is a little bun with a uh, sausage baked inside. Wow, that sounds good. And that does sound good. Uh, up in uh, Fredericksburg, they make all the, uh, the German smoked sausage. That's incredible. It's- so basically it's like sausage wars in Texas. Yes. You know? You're, you're absolutely right. And, um, and who you know, I personally, uh, I like the real casing, the natural casing, which is from the small intestine of the pig. The small intestine of the pig is about 27 yards long. And, um, wow. Yeah, our, our company two in first uh, Denmark, but I actually <laughs> work for, um, for DCW Casing, which is owned by DAT Schwab in Denmark, which is owned by Danish Crown. They make all those... Uh, those hams in the can. Oh, no kidding. And uh, we slaughter 93,000 pigs a day in Denmark. There's more pigs in Denmark than there are people. And um, Did you know that, Chris? (laughs) And and we take it very seriously. We have pig psychologists. We want the pigs to be happy when they're slaughtered. 
That's right. You were and telling me that you guys have figured out what the most humane way to do it is. Right, right. Basically, we found out that pigs are happiest if they're walking up a ramp, and they're happiest in a herd of six. So we feed them so they're happy. They walk up a ramp in a herd of six. They go into an elevator, and when the elevator opens up downstairs, they're put to sleep. Wow, I'm, not, I'm never taking another escalator at the mall again. <laughs> I, would, I would just think I, I would not, I'm not going to walk in a group of six anymore. <laughs> no, if you're if there's five people on the elevator or the escalator, get away, exactly. get away. So I got a question. Um, so, so you have a psychologist that works with the pigs, or they study? The, I mean, how do you how do you get inside a, a pig's mind? You know, I'm not sure about all that, but I do know that they uh, our company is very serious about not having any uh, adrenaline. In, in the pig's body. They don't want the pigs to be stressed while they're slaughtered. And that's why the Danish ribs are the best in the world. So, I mean, so, they're right. hard so to get. If you're so they affect the way the, the casing feels? Uh, they have Danish ribs on the menu. Order them. So, and, um, so they but, obviously, besides, uh, you know, when they slaughter a pig, they're not just doing it for the, the, the innards. Uh, the, the Danish are known. And, you know, it's funny. We grew up eating that ham, the canned ham. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, we had it. And I remember the Danish one was always the one that uh, was special. Mike, we have one more minute. I wanted to just say that uh, uh, Mike the Casing Man is going to be on every week with a really cool inner, we're going to call it an innered moment. And uh, I just think that it's going to be a, a lot of fun. And this is an introduce uh, an introduction into the world of sausage and hot dog making. I, I'm excited, man. I didn't know it was that big of a deal. I mean, I oh know, no, it's huge. And I love how they take you know. I mean, putting down animals is always a bit difficult thing, but to do it in a way where you actually you respect them, respect the pig is, is awesome, man. So, so I feel a little yeah, bit good. Remember, I feel like better about like bacon. In the industry, a day without sausage is a day without sunshine. <laughs> You know what? We're going to take that right to the bank. Uh, We're going to take a little break, and when we come back, we have screenwriter Skip Barry. Hey, we'll we'll talk with you next week, Mike. Looking forward to it. Nice talking to you, Mike. The Casing Man, back next week. That was interesting, bro. Cool, huh? That was uh, interesting. Here we go. I'm Rick <laughs> She's a very kinky girl. I thought that would appropriate. <laughs> Skip Barry. Very kinky now. Wow. Hey. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Chef Rock. And I'm Chris the Comedy Man. And you're listening to Chef Rock and Friends. Hey, I'm, I'm the friend, I guess. Hey, we learned a lot about elevators and pigs and stuff from Mike the Casing Man, huh? Yeah, don't get in the elevator. No, don't get not, in the elevator. Stay not, off the escalator. And now with groups too. of six. Stay in groups of six, <laughs> yeah, don't go in the elevator. Well, our, our next guest is uh, screenwriter Skip Barry. Uh, he's a veteran screenwriter. He's written screenplays, teleplays that have uh, been among the finalists and semifinalists in a number of international competitions. Uh, he's attracted a lot of attention with production companies and studios. He's an up-and-comer. Right. He's been in the business a long time. Uh, he's a former newspaper and uh, magazine journalist, too. Awesome. As well, he's authored 15 nine, nonfiction books. And awesome. uh, he's working on a bunch of new projects. Uh, I've always been curious on how the screenwriter fits into the whole scheme of TV and movies. Right. And let's welcome Skip Barry, ladies and gentlemen. 
Hey, Chef Rock, good morning. How we doing? We got Chris the Common Man on uh, with good, us. Good morning, Chris, good morning, how Skip. You? How you doing? I'm doing good. Doing great. Good, good. Hey, well, listen, I want to I want to start my I want to start my discussion this morning by uh, by saying that uh, uh, you know, I never knew there was a sausage triangle. <laughs> I didn't either. <laughs> Learned something new and, on and the radio. Know, somebody, somebody somewhere is going to turn that into a movie. It's got to be. It'll be almost like, you know, remember when they did uh, Friday Night Lights, you know, yeah. or whatever it was called, you know, all the football exactly, guys? Exactly, yeah. yeah. Now, it's going to be Triangle there's, War there's, down there, Sausage Wars. That's, you know, yeah, that's more that's to Texas nice than football. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> well, Skip, uh, you know, we've known each other for about a, what, about a year now. Yeah. And uh, you're you're an interesting guy because screenwriters are like you're, you're the you're the belly of the beast. I mean, you're the guys who make the words come alive on the screen. Well, what you got know, you into that? The, the funny thing is, yeah, that's true. There, you know, there there would be no movies without screenwriters. Uh, screenwriters are kind of the uh, the unsung heroes of the business, because I'll bet if you if you went out on the street and canvassed, you know, a uh, hundred people, uh, ninety nine of them couldn't name one screenwriter they've ever heard of. Um, <laughs> You're right. They're, 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 you know, we're the behind the scenes people, and and that's fine. I don't think anybody gets into screenwriting to get famous. Uh, uh, most of us get into it to get rich. Nice. How's that going for you? <laughs> well, uh, I'm still working on it. You know? yeah, we're, uh, we're all working on it, aren't it's we? A, it's a dream deferred at this point. Yeah, it's kind of a, a definitely you got to build your reputation. I mean, so if you have some w- words of advice for those up-and-coming young people that I'm sure you run into, how, how would you tell them how you got started? I mean, that's always an amazing thing on how people get started in this business. Well, you know, most of it comes down to uh, knowing how to tell a story, uh, recognizing what a good story is, and then and then understanding how to tell it. And screenwriting is its own kind of language um, because what you see up on the screen, uh, there isn't a whole lot of that down on the page. Aside from the dialogue itself, um, it's a very bare bones kind of, of form of writing. Uh, I got into it. Primarily because, as you as you said in my introduction, um, I'm an, I was a former journalist, and I worked for newspapers and magazines for a long time. One of the uh, you know best best lessons that anybody can have as a as a writer is to get a job on a daily newspaper for a while because that teaches you a lot about recognizing what a good story is, uh, writing it in an economical sort of way, not wasting a lot of words. Um, and uh, and being open to uh, other people's input, uh, because in the end, movie making, uh, you know, or whether we're talking about films or TV, we're talking about collaboration. And, you know, while it all begins with a script, it certainly doesn't end there. And lots of people are going to have a lot of input into the final product which may or may not resemble the screenplay that you originally wrote. So, Skip, this is Chris. So when you actually submit a screenplay and it actually gets made into a movie, um, the stuff that doesn't – so if your final, if the final vision is not your completely your vision, does that bother you? Or do, or you have, do you have input with the director? Uh, it, it varies from product to product. I mean, from project to project, Chris. I mean, sometimes, yes, you do. You, you are allowed to be part of the collaborative project. Uh, process, I should say. Other times, no, not at all. It's like, okay, look, we bought your script, we gave you a check, go away. Oh, so get out of here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Does yeah, that bother I mean, you, though? It, it, like, you know, you want to be lot, all the yeah, way through? A lot of it depends on, on who you're working with. You know, some directors want, want screenwriters to be part of the, 
of the uh, filmmaking process. Others don't want to don't don't even want you in the same zip code. Wow, wow. So well, let me ask you this: uh, Once the uh, say you have a, a director and he's like, uh, you know what, uh, we're we're all good. Uh, do they have their own guys to do the rewrites if they needed to rewrite a scene, or they call you back? Uh, again, uh, good question. Uh, it varies from from project to project, director to to director. A lot of it has to do with budget things too. I mean, you know, movie making is really an expensive process, and uh, you know, sometimes it's more cost efficient to have the original screenwriter do the rewrites. Other people look at it from the standpoint of, hey, this person's done everything he or she can do at this point on this particular project. Uh, let's bring another set of eyes and another set of, uh, of creative muscles to the table and let's uh, get somebody else involved. That's that's the incredible process, you know, because when people watch a TV show or a movie, as you said, you know, the screenwriter's name's up there. And, you know, you watch the Oscars, you know, oh, he wrote the screenplay for that, you know, and you get that recognition. But on an everyday basis, it's not like you're, you know, the star of the show. You are the behind-the-scenes guy, you know, right, that makes right. things happen. Well, you know, and if you, look at, if you look at a typical movie, and usually the more expensive the movie is, uh, the more names you'll see under the screenwriter's credit. Uh, uh, and I don't know why that is, other than the fact that, that you know, once you start getting into you know making a movie for a hundred million dollars, it's, it's you want to make sure that that you've gotten as many different points of view as possible, which is sometimes why movies are so bad uh, because they've got <laughs> yeah. too many voices. Too many. It goes back to too many cooks in the kitchen. There you go. Too yeah. Too many ideas, different ideas, and not the original right. guy, right? Who did it? Who did it? You know, I, I know we got a, a break coming up in a, in a little bit. Um, and when we come back, uh, we want to talk to you about uh, your newest projects that you have going on. Um, okay. And, w- and what else is happening in your world? Because that's a, you, you've picked an interesting career. So we're going to take a little break, and then we'll be back in a couple of minutes. Well, thanks for Diva. You got it, my brother. Yeah. You ever see that in person? I like that. I, I never saw him. Welcome back to the Chef Rock and Friends show. I'm Chef Rock. I'm Chris the Common Man. And you're listening to us on ESPN 1700. The mood uh, is different now for some reason. I don't know if now? it's like we're talking the to mood? Yeah, and also we quiet. got, cause, because we're listening to an intellectual, an intellectual man who's so. got some incredible uh, background and telling us how the real world works behind uh, the TV and radio and uh, movie business. Awesome. Uh, we're with uh, back with uh, Skip Barry, screenwriter Skip Barry. Hey, Skip. Welcome back, Skip. <laughs> hey, thank you, guys. Now, you're over uh, where? Indianapolis, right? Indianapolis, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a hotbed of the filmmaking community. <laughs> yeah, of course. There's a lot going on there, actually, from the sports world, that's for sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a great it's, city. It's a, you know, it's very much a sports town. Uh, and it's it's really a good place to be a writer because uh, there's a there's a pretty vibrant writer community here, um, a lot of talented people around this area, like yourself. You know, I, I you know we started out by telling you you know telling everyone how you uh, started out as a journalist you know in newspapers and and you've uh, done a lot of f- projects that have gone to festivals and things of that nature. What do you got going on now? I mean, uh, you guys always got something cool that you're working on. Anything that you like to share? 
Uh, well, I mean, I've got a I've got a project that uh, is making the, I've got a book project actually that's making the rounds a novel, um, making the rounds right now looking for representation, um, and it actually started as a screenplay idea, and is and I'm now in the process of turning it back into a screenplay. So. Um, one way or the other, we're going to get that project out into the marketplace, uh, whether it's as a book or a screenplay or, or some you know, um, uh, strange amalgamation of the two. Nice, Skip. I got a question. I, I'm, I'm originally from Ohio, so I know that where you, where you're at right now in the, in the Midwest of uh-huh. America. Can you? Does, where do you get your muse from? I mean, there's not much going on in these towns and that part of the that part of the world. Do you like? Do you watch television? Do you watch the news? And because you know, if you're in California or Chicago or New York, you know there's always some action going on, so you get inspired to write something. So, how do you? How, where your inspiration comes from back there? Uh, that's a good question, Chris. Uh, one of the things that I think works best for me is just to sort of pay attention to what's going on around and what people are talking, what's going on around me, and what people are talking about, and then kind of looking. Part of it is also, you know, market research. I mean, what, and I, and I don't mean that in, in any sort of dry sense. I mean it, I mean it from the standpoint of, um, uh, as you suggested, you know, I, yeah, I do watch TV. Um, I go to movies. I read books. I, I, uh, I talk to people. Uh, I pay attention to what's going on, you know, in the, in the world around us. And, and a lot of it comes down to taking bits and pieces of many different things, whether they're from my own life or the life of someone I know or, you know, something I've observed, and kind of beginning to uh, create a collage of sorts, uh, awesome. you know, in my head. You know, it's yeah. like, okay, what if we did this and then we did this and then this might happen and then so-and-so would say this, and, and pretty soon a story begins to take shape. And sometimes the story goes someplace and sometimes it doesn't. I mean, you know, muses are fickle uh, creatures. Uh, they, uh, they, they can desert you in the middle of a project or they can, or they can sustain you through a whole project. Oh. Well, uh, Skip, we got a couple of minutes left. I, I was just curious, uh, from the screenwriting or the book writing end of the world that you're in, uh, I know Chris was asking about inspiration, but what about like, uh, your, your category that you pick that you feel like, that's your genre. That's the area you want to write. Like you got to figure, like a guy like Stephen King is, you know, he writes some pretty spooky stuff. Is that his real life? Must be or in like Chicago or, the, or New York. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, he lives out in the middle of Maine, someplace, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. But is that yeah. something where you felt yeah, I, like I didn't want to get into like crime stories or anything like that? This is an area you pick. Yeah, it's for me. It's it's what interests me as a viewer. It, it, uh, one of the one of the um, the key tenets to screenwriting is write what you enjoy it, because that's going to be the easiest kind of story for you to tell. Write the movie you want to see. That makes sense, right? Yeah, you know? yeah. Because otherwise, you know, you're you're struggling to try to try to get into a story that doesn't really resonate with you. You know, it doesn't really have any bearing in terms of your interests or your life or your. Or your creative world. So is that why so many movies are bad? Because people are, <laughs> people are trying to yeah. write to please other people, not themselves. That's a, that's a good question, Chris. I <laughs> I, I would say probably so, there, there's probably an element of that in there, no no doubt. Yeah. Yeah, because you you watch some of these movies and you go, oh my god, I, what were they thinking when I they wrote that piece bucks. of garbage? 
<laughs> and, and and think about the amount of money that's spent on movies that nobody watches. Oh, you know, I God. mean, we're we're talking you know millions of dollars being wasted every year on movies that nobody wants to go see. Well, I have to say, I skip. I've read a lot of your stuff, and it's all good. You know. Uh, well, I appreciate that. Yeah, I, I know a lot. A lot's going to be happening uh, in the next uh, year or two. Uh, you got a lot of good projects that we've spoken about, and um, yeah, it's all it's all going to just keep going uphill from there. Nice, right? nice talking to well, you. Well, that's that's the plan. You know. Well, I'll tell you what, we're going to have you on uh, when uh, the, the next project hits. We'll have it back on the show again. Hey, anytime. And, uh, anytime, man. I'm always happy to talk to you. you. You got it. So we're going to take a little break. Thank you, Skip. Thank you, Skip. And when we come Thank back, we got celebrity chef Matt Antovich. Cook for five I presidents. Talk to him. We're going to talk. We got some stuff to talk about. Yeah, I want to see if he cooked for Barack Obama. Yeah, you know, I'm not sure. We'll have to talk to him. About yeah, I need to know. We'll be back after this break. Every day. Yeah. Yes, I, I was getting ready to sing and then you interrupt me. Should I stay or should I go? Nah, nah, man. Because you are now, now, now I'm blushing. It's never too late. <laughs> that was a clash. Should I stay or should I go? So you got to let me know. Should I stay or should I go? We're in the wrong business, my brother. No, we're in the right business. Okay, there you go. <laughs> Welcome back to the Chef Rock Show. <laughs> I like the way you just called that out. I, you know? I, I keep it real, man. Hey, one thing I wanted to talk about is our uh, panati. That's right. You know, our panati to-goes are in 7-Elevens now. Yes. All across San Diego. One of the uh, stores that, uh, in fact, Bunge and Victor were on our first show. Right. They are on great. That one of their stores are. It's on Grape in India Street. You got to go see it. It's like a grocery store in there, and they got the panadis right there on the shelf. We got a contest running on ChefRock.com. Go uh, eat as many as you can and enter to win a whole case of the panadi and go visit them. Absolutely, uh, love sports the panadis, arena. Man. It tastes really good. It's and out in El Cajon, yeah. and all the Seven Elevens that, that carry. Yeah, it looks good. Our man. stuff. We got it in jars too. You Ooh, know. We get them in big jars. 13-ounce jars and 14-ounce jars with our different flavor profiles. I need to get one of those to go home with today. You need one to go home? I need one, man. You got it. That's not a bad thing. Put it on some uh, crackers and just snack. Some crackers, yeah. Uh, you know, like people eat it right out of the jar with a spoon. Nah, I'm not that kind of guy. I'm a little bit more sophisticated than that, bro. Yeah? I'll slide in some crackers. A little cracker. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, you're watching some sports. <laughs> I love sports, man. Did it's you watch snack. the NFL draft? You know, I, I didn't get a chance to, but I, I read up on some of uh, some of the cool picks. Yeah, man, I was uh, my team, Cleveland. Yeah, picked uh, number one. They took number a quarterback, one, the Sooner and, guy, uh, right? Took quarterback? the Oklahoma Sooner. Yeah, and uh, we'll see if he's uh, can save the team. He can save the city. You know, they're putting a lot on his shoulders, man, making him number one. And uh, he's got some, he got a little bit of bad history. You know, he's done some bad things, but. Uh, he promises those things are in the past, and he's now looking forward to the future. So, well, they all they I'm all prom- they that. all promise. Yeah, he's got. You know, I looked up. I was. You know, it's interesting. I was looking online last night, and I was trying to figure out you know, with guaranteed money with these rookies. See, he's going to guarantee thirty three million dollars 
for the first pick. As wow, you better be good if that's the case. You better not say nothing bad if that's no, the case. You I, know, know what I, I don't care if you're no in Cleveland rest. or wherever. <laughs> yeah, no more rest. You got to be a good man. You, you got to be a good humanitarian. You know, it's funny. You know, when uh, uh, Eric Mangini was on, yeah. uh, he was telling me at one time when he was with Cleveland. That was his first year in the NFL, and yeah. he was, you know, remember picking up towels and stuff. He said part of his job was to go around and make sure the players didn't get in trouble. Yeah. They're rookies, nah. you know. And you know, I, I guess you got to look at that. You know, you got a guy who's probably, you know, just finished college, just not making any money, right. and then you slap a couple million dollars in his bank account as a signing bonus. I think you go a little crazy. It's, it's a big you? business now. These uh, pre uh, pre draft camps, pre draft. Uh, programs it's, a, it's big business now there's a lot of psychologists that are involved and we had a couple weeks ago we had on our first show dr ross flowers one of his jobs is to help rookies you know he's working for the nba uh, he's preparing for the nba draft right now so he's interviewing guys right and one of the things they talk about you know is when you get that money in your account you got to change well i you was just going to say yeah your whole life changes not just because you've become and made it into the big end sports department yeah. you know you're you're the guy out there you know you got to represent you're the, the face family, of the franchise especially if you're number one or number two even you're the first round altogether you're the face of the franchise people are going to be paying attention to you you know people are going to be looking at you so everything you do is going to be scrutinized so you really have to focus on you know listen i wanted this i asked for it so let me let me let me represent in a positive way and a lot of athletes don't do that but some athletes do there's some really really good young men out there who take care of business and, and you know and they get to the NFL NBA or Major League Baseball to take care of their families and they do a good job at that so uh, I'm impressed with some of them uh, uh, and some of them are, are you know disappointments but you know you know it's it, it's, it's different people you know yeah it's 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 a crazy business because a lot of these guys have short uh, shelf lives yeah especially in football Especially football. I mean, yeah. I know guys that, you know, you, you get booted out. Like, uh, you know, if you go three years, you get vested in, you yeah. know, with a pension and everything. Uh, if you're less than three years. And you're done. And you get hurt and blown away. Look like, you know, a lot of guys that tried to make it all the way to that, past that first year mark. Uh, there's a long list of those guys that are yeah. on the sidelines. And there's a whole bunch of guys out there, man, that, that uh, you know, thought they were going to make, have long careers. Or even got drafted high and hurt themselves and they're out the league. And, you know, with tax money, agent money, and, and you splitting all your money from, here, from different people, you know, pretty soon, you know, you, you, get, you only get a little bit of money left. And if you blow it, go buy a new car, buy a house Big for house. all your family and friends, and then you got nothing. You know what I'm saying? So that's one of the things. We're going to have Dr. Ross Flowers back on. He's a sports psychologist for the Clippers. He's going to talk about that when he comes back on, you know, about how, how, how they're trying to implement programs to help athletes, you know, save their money, reserve their money. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you don't want to be that. Uh, I always remember that interview with Buster Douglas. <laughs> you yeah. know, made about $150 million, He ended up with like $100,000. Yeah. He was crying on the air. Yeah. I go, yeah, because, you know, you could, you could only give away so many portions of that money. Yeah, you, without you know, you got to actually add it all up. There's, there's a whole bunch of people in the kitty, the hands in the kitty. You know oh, what I mean? That, that's and, um, that's and a shame. If you that's that's just the professional side of it, but if you add your uh, personal friends and family into it, there's there's thousands of hands in that kitty. You know what I mean? And uh, it's a lot of people asking for stuff. You know, so you got you got to be what you have to be. And one of the things I've learned from people I've talked to is you you have to be kind of like not mean, but you have to say no. You have to be able to get a vocabulary system. You're gonna, and I agree with you 100%, and we can talk about that a little bit more. Uh, we're going to take a little break. All right. When we come back, we're in search of celebrity chef Matt. <laughs> All right, my friend, we'll be back in a minute. Who's going to tell you when? 
Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is our mellow show today. Exactly. The exactly. Chef Rock and Friends. I'm Chef Rock. I'm Chris the Common Man. You listen to that ESPN 1700. Now, remember, ladies and gentlemen, you can always go to Facebook Live, basically. We're on right now live at you, Chef Rock Hawaii. You're watching me live. You're watching me live. Not lie. Live. Oh, I said lie? No, I... I don't know. What did so you're you saying I'm not articulating my words correctly? <laughs> <laughs> I said live. I, 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 I was, said live, I'm sir. messing with you. I'm messing with you, bro. I'm messing with you. Got you. Now, Chris. Yes, you, sir. I mean, we had um, tea. Let's talk tea for a minute. Because we're trying to find Celebrity tea. Chef Matt. But, you know, he's in Dallas someplace running around. He was supposed to When I was a little us. boy, I you never know. thought I would grow up to be on a radio show talking tea. You know, uh, today's your lucky day then. Maybe, maybe maybe beer and wine, but not tea. You know what? Dreams do come true. I, 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 it's a dream, bro. I'm living I, a dream. I'm and now you're living dream. the dream right now. I'm living the dream right now. Well, one of the things we wanted to mention that, you know, obviously I cook with turbo pots. Right. You know, they got the heat sink on the bottom of the pan. Right. Well, how about this? You know, with the heat sink, you gather all that gas. Can you see the bottom of this pan, this teapot? Yeah. I don't want to tip the hot water on myself. But you see, that catches all the heat. Yeah. Because you lose about 70% when you cook with a regular pan. Can you imagine you're ready for tea and you put the teapot on and it takes forever to boil? You could boil water in half the time. Half the time with Turbo Pot. Okay. And we have a little thing going right now. Uh, if you go to turbopot.com, uh, pick out the pans and pots and teapot you want. When you go to checkout, they got a promo code. Area, right. put in Chef Rock. We're going to give them 15% off. Do it right now, today. Today, right now. Yeah, because it's not going to last long. Okay. Because we're selling a lot of pots and pans on there. I'm going to send this out to my Facebook friends. So you you, you got to do that. Yeah, make sure they get on there. Yeah. So we have the teapot. Right. And we have tea. White Lion makes bamboo well, that, variety. That, well, that tea. makes sense, just so you know. Teapot and a tea, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, baby, we're yeah, working it like would, a... Wouldn't be good to have teapot and coffee. And coffee. But, you know so, so this is tea. Yes. Not just any tea. Right. You know, White Lion tea makes the most incredible blend. Nah, it's good, man. Just Natural, so. organic. Yeah. They got black teas, green teas, herbal teas. Yeah. The one we're having today is Today uh, we're cinnamon. picking out, uh, it's an organic black tea, but it's cinnamon chai. Yeah, it's good, man. You know, we had. I'm going to put another bag in because I, I like mine strong. I'm going to make another pot right now. When you boil water, here's a little tea uh, information. Okay. Don't bring the water up to a roaring boil. You don't need to. The proper teeping, uh, steeping temperatures. <laughs> say that five times fast. The proper steeping temperature is Never about 190. Never heard that before. It was steeping temperature. Never. See, you know. You thought, you know, you're just going to get a pot well, of coffee today. Tea, We're having well, we tea time right, right here, my either, brother. So, uh, you know what I mean? So. This is tea time. Yeah. So, 190. So, it's not boiling. Okay. And it's the proper temperature to make a perfect cup of tea. Awesome. Then you can let it steep, meaning that you're going to release all those great flavors from Another one of those words I've never heard before. Steep. You never heard steep? No, nah, bro. Steep was his steep climbing. Steep. No, no. Yeah. Like like the pigs go to slaughter? No, this is not that. I'm from the country too, man. Never heard that. You never heard steeping tea. You could steep. You're, it's a word for releasing flavor profiles into a uh, liquid. Steeping. Like steep. It. I'm going to use that. I'm adding that to my vocabulary. You know, you know when you go and you know, you're making it for the wife and say, honey, hold on. I'm steeping the tea right now. And she'll look at me like, what? 
steep. <laughs> and you tell her, this is why. I and I didn't boil the water, which is at 212. I went to 190 right before that boiling point, so See, the water's perfect. Sophisticated. I'm going to say, hey, you know what, babe? I'm going to make some tea. I'm going to I'm gonna boil it at, at 190, and I'm going to steep it. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I'm going to feel really good. She's going to look at me like, man, my man is smart. <laughs> my man can cook. He's doing aki for me tonight. And, and he's, he's making me steep my tea. tea. <laughs> now, if it's not proper, it's not steeped correctly. <laughs> and my man Chris can steep some tea. And I will find my pillow and my blanket on the couch tonight. That's right. And you slip one of these little panatis under her pillow. la di da baby. We're going to get ourselves in trouble. No, keep going that's on that all right, right, man. I, you know? I love, my wife knows I love her. So we well, can, yeah. Well, we can you can bring her some tea and some I'll bring, some, I'll bring her some tea tonight. She got plenty of panatis. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Okay. We well, you know. All you got to do is go to 7-Elevens now. Isn't that cool? We're in 7-Elevens. Awesome, man. You're very it. instrumental. In Everything's in 7-Eleven now. We got to get Steve Menfee on our show. Yes. He was the original 7-Eleven that carried our uh, stuff. Our, yeah, Steve and, uh, good. He's a good man, dude. Steve he's a, everyone's been great. You yeah. know, uh, There's a lot of stuff happening in our world. And uh, we're very uh, fortunate to be here here on the radio, on ESPN. No, I'm blessed, brother. I can't say enough. I'm blessed to be, especially in San Diego, California, beautiful, beautiful city. And uh, Well, the weather's always perfect. Yeah. And uh, we're always having some fun. There's always something new here, like you said. Yes. And we're going to take a little break. When we come back, we'll have another little conversation here. Let's talk food. I'm hungry. Steeping some food. Hey, who stole the ahi? (laughs) It's gone. (laughs) They got. Oh, oh, you want it raw, baby. (laughs) We'll be right back after the break. Pick this one out special for you. I like it, man. This is the boss. The boss. You got to end the show with the boss. That's right. Yeah. What was that? <laughs> I, I don't think he's singing that, bro. No, he's like da 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 da. Matter of fact, he might be insulted. Yeah. <laughs> call him say, he's in Jersey and we're not here. <laughs> Welcome back to the Chef Rock Show right here on ESPN 1700. I'm Chef Rock. I'm Chris the Common Man. And uh, we'll be back next week with a whole brand new show. That's right. We are. We got uh, some. The new rugby team here in San Diego, the San, San Diego Legions. We got a couple athletes coming in to the studio and uh, going to talk talk rugby. And then maybe we maybe we can get Chef uh, Matt on the phone. He's maybe he's cooking for another president or something. Yeah, he got called to the White House. Yeah, there you go, <laughs> there you go. Well, I'll tell you what, we want to thank everybody for coming out. Go check out our sponsors, uh, White Lion Tea and Panati and Turbo Pot. And uh, coming up next week, Mike. The casing guy. Can't wait to hear another story. That's going to be awesome, man. I like that. All right. Love you guys. Chef Rock. He's one of a kind. Chef Rock. He will blow your mind. Chef Rock. You got to watch him do his thing. Chef Rock. You're listening to ESPN Radio 1700.